Well, praise God. Jesus Christ is alive and well. Amen. Praise God forever. We just Lord Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. We give God the glory that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord Jesus. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is alive and powerful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to do part two of faith. This morning we did part one and today I'm going to do part, this evening I'm going to do part two. So let's begin in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 verse 17. And we're just going to look at one verse here, verse 17, I'll be reading from the New King James. And it reads, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One more time. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. So we give God the glory. We thank the Lord Jesus that he has given us a measure of faith. It says in another passage, we received a measure of faith this morning. We talked about Jesus being the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we looked at definitions of faith and we looked at um, the examples of faith in, in and through people's lives. Well, we're going to look at it a little bit different way today, or this evening. And we're going to look at it again one more time. Let's look at this verse. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith in Christ Jesus comes by hearing the Word of God. This is what the Bible says. We know that the, you don't take one scripture alone by itself, so we put it together with other scriptures. And as I said, Jesus is the author. He is the finisher. And so this faith that we're talking about is talking about the faith of Jesus Christ. Coming through the gospel, praise God. Coming through the promises of God found in the Bible concerning Him, praise God. Hallelujah. Faith in Christ, Jesus our Lord, comes by hearing the word of God. Now, from our believing the, for the first time to uh, ongoing, increasing understanding and growth and maturity in Him, we're talking about the same thing. It's still going to come by the word of God. You're going to grow. You're going to mature. You're going to... Uh, know more about God, know more about the Lord Jesus by the Word. Hallelujah. And so we have to continue for the first time, the initial time we accept Jesus, to the ongoing faith, to the maturity level, to answering calls, to doing the things of God. It's an ongoing hearing the Word, hearing the Word. Now, this is not talking as much about the ears on your head, even though... Uh, uh, it's good to hear the word with the ears on your head. But, uh, you know, you don't have to even be able to hear with the ears on your head. If you're able to read the scripture, then, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit intimates it to you, makes it alive, makes it powerful to you, then that's what it's talking about first and foremost. It's not really even talking about hearing it with your ears on your head. It's talking about hearing it with your inner man. Hearing it from the heart, praise God. And this is what it's talking about. That faith comes by 
hearing, and that is the hearing of the inner man, the hearing of the soul, praise God. Hallelujah. And what are we hearing? We're hearing the Word of God. We're hearing God communicate to us truth. We're hearing God communicate to us His Son. We're hearing God communicate to us the promises that He has given us through His Son. Praise God. The Lordship of Jesus, hallelujah, is what's being communicated by the Word of God. And faith springs forth. Faith comes alive. Hallelujah. And uh, this is literally in the, in the Greek there's talking about the rhema. And that's a quickened word. That's a word for your need, for your life, for who you are. It's a, it's a personalized word. It comes alive to you. Hallelujah. And so God brings forth faith when that happens. Praise the Lord. And so faith is a product of the Word of God. Would you say that to yourself? Faith is a product of the Word of God. Therefore, if faith is a product of the Word of God, therefore, faith must be scriptural. Faith must be scriptural. If it's a product of the Word of God, then it must be scriptural. Faith cannot be faith if it's unscriptural. You can't believe in God any old way and have it violate chapter and verse, have it violate the Bible, and it be faith. It may be a belief of yours, you, may, you are in error, but it's not faith. It's not the, the faith that God will honor. Faith must come by the Word of God. So just because you believe something does not make it faith. Amen? True faith must glorify God in Christ Jesus and be inspired by chapter and verse of the Bible. You know, I've often said to somebody when they tell me uh, they believe something, and I know it's not biblical, I'll say, well, can you give me chapter and verse for that? Can you tell me the scripture on where you're getting this belief? Well, they can't give it if they're believing some strange thing. Amen? All right. Well, I want us to, uh, uh, as we're, I'm going to talk a little bit, but I want you to go ahead and turn to Mark 11. Mark 11. And as you're turning there, I closed part one this morning of the message that I entitled Faith. And I, I closed it uh, by saying our faith should not be a case sarah, sarah, or whatever will be, will be attitude or mindset but that we should live our faith on purpose praise god not some passive thing but if you will an aggressive and and uh something that we can uh put every day of our life put put our 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 strength and our might into and live our life by faith praise god hallelujah we want to be at the very least, assertive. Amen. We should look for opportunities to sow our lives into the lives of others and to glorify God as we do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so along this line, I'm going to show you where Jesus has given us this understanding. In uh, Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 11. And we're just going to begin in verse uh, 22. And he's teaching on faith. 
And so Mark 11, 22, and we're going to go all the way through to verse 26. It says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Whatever I say to you, uh, excuse me, therefore what I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. It goes on in verse 25, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you and your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So as we opened up in verse 22 of chapter 11, Jesus is recorded here as saying, Have faith in God. This could easily be translated, Have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. It could be translated that way and, and not be in any error at all. So Jesus is teaching about the God kind of faith. Now, when you really stop and think about it, that's the only kind of faith there is. That's the only kind of faith there is. is the, it's a gift from God. It comes by, faith, uh, comes by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and faith springs forth. We begin to trust Him for our everlasting life and, and for His Lordship to be manifest in and through us. Praise God. And so that's really all the kind of faith there is. If you're trying to get another kind of faith, it's not faith. Hello. It's error. It's, it's, uh, it's demonic. It is of the flesh at best. And so it's important that you understand if you're going to have real faith, it's going to be the God kind of faith. And so we shouldn't in any way wrench or, or shudder at, the, at thinking or saying that we should have the God kind of faith. Amen. Greater is he that's in me. That's the Holy Spirit. He abides within me. And he causes this faith to come alive. To glorify the Lord Jesus. And that I might know God the Father. Amen. And so Jesus teaching about the God kind of faith. Teaches to confront the problems of life. Let's see where he says that. He says for assuredly I say to you. Whoever says to this mountain. Be removed and be cast into the sea. And it, I'm going to stop for a moment. He's not talking about a literal mountain. He's not saying that you go stand before, you know, the Rocky Mountains here in the U.S. and command them to go into the Pacific. We don't have that authority. That, you know, if God wants to do that, he's the only one that can do that. We don't have that authority. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the mountains of life, the situations and circumstances, the needs that seem too great for us. He's talking about these mountains that in and of ourselves, we could never move them. We could never uh, cause these mountains to be removed from our life. Strongholds, we could say, of the wicked one, or strongholds, we could say, of, of need. Whatever the case, that's what he's talking about here, addressing the needs and problems of your life, addressing the demonic, addressing that which is not of God, that is not according to the promises of God, and commanding it to be removed. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. So it's a confrontation. This faith addresses the situation, addresses the need, even addresses demonic. For we find that in the Great Commission according to Mark, Mark said that believers will cast out demons, praise God. So this isn't about denying the problem. It's not denying the demonic. It's not denying anything. It's addressing it and saying, you will do in the name of the Lord Jesus what I say as I speak in line with God's word. Now remember, it has to be in line with God's word or it's not faith. And so you're going to have God's word in there. You're going to probably be talking a specific promise that the word of God gives us concerning your need. And therefore, you're going to speak that word. You're going to speak that promise. And you're going to command that need to be met according to the Lordship of Jesus, according to the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So confront. Confront the need. Confront the demonic. Don't, don't be passive. Don't, don't in any way deny them. No, address them in Jesus' name. Confront them with the words of your mouth and those words, again, will be inspired by Scripture. They'll be inspired by the Word of God and the Lordship of Jesus. Praise God. And these are the sources of faith, remember? So as you confront, as you combat, as you address the needs in your life, believe that you're receiving them, even as you're speaking. That's what the Bible says here. It, it says... Uh, and let's just read verse 23 again. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, verse 24, whatever things you ask when you pray. Where's the time frame? When you pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Praise God. So while you're praying, as you're speaking the word, as you're addressing that, that situation, circumstance, that need in your life, believe that it's coming to pass. Believe that God is actively involved with you and he's bringing it forth. Praise God. It goes on to talk about the necessity of forgiveness. In verses 25 and 26, he says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. It goes on, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So, in other words, for success in your uh, prayer life, success in you combating the enemy, you must have forgiveness. You cannot walk around with bitterness and strife and unforgiveness and expect to have victory in prayer or in addressing your, your needs. Now, you know, some would take this even to the point of, of going to hell. I don't believe it's, it's going that far. But I believe that if you don't get a, 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 a handle on unforgiveness, if you don't uh, forgive, it's going to cause you a lot of spiritual trouble. And it, it might end up that way. I don't know. But I do know this. If you'll walk in forgiveness, you don't have to worry about that. Amen? So just forgive. It's not a feeling. It is obedience. You may not feel like you forgave somebody, 
But you say, Lord, you told me to forgive. Therefore, I forgive this person. I put them in your hand. You do with them as you see fit. Amen? And you just leave them there. Praise God. And you see your prayer life begin to flourish. Glory to God. I want us to go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're just going to read verses 10 through 17. And then I'm just going to emphasize a few of these verses. So in chapter 6 of verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. We're in verse 14 now. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. I want us to look at verse 11 again and see that we are told by the, by the, the word of God to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So this is not about you cowering and in, uh, in a defensive mode at all. This is about you pushing back, if you will, first strike, glory to God. You see the enemy and you strike at him with your faith. Praise God. You put the armor on so that you're able to stand against, stand against the wiles or the tactics of the devil. And so it's very important that we see that we don't just let the devil run roughshod over us. We don't cower in fear. We don't hide somewhere waiting on the storm to blow over. No, we speak the word as we put on the whole armor of God. And we stand in opposition to the works of darkness. Praise God. And as we look in verse 16, as part of this whole armor, we see that it's a, uh, above all, praise God, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So notice that this is quenching or, or extinguishing the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's another way of saying demonic attack. So this is what this is, demonic attack, and the shield of faith destroys it, puts it down, puts it to naught. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it and as we look at the word of God there, it's as a sword. Some have said, somewhat uh, in error, that the only piece of, of armor there that is a, uh, an offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Well, 
remember what the Word of God brings forth. The Word of God brings forth faith. And what is faith? It's a shield. Now, some have thought that the shield is only a defensive part of the, of the uh, armor of God, but it's not. In fact, skilled warriors would use it in connection with the sword. They would use the, the uh, shield, yes, as a defensive mode, no doubt about it, to protect them. But when they would attack, they would use it as a striking instrument. They would strike with the shield and follow with the sword. So they would strike someone with the shield and then follow up with the sword. And so it is with our faith that we need to understand that it's all based in the Word of God and it's based on combating the works of darkness in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is vitally important that you see this. We are not to cower. We are to attack. Attack the enemy of our soul. Attack the, the wicked one and his demonic uh, cohorts. That would be when you minister to other people or whether you're standing your ground in your own life. We need to learn how to cast out demons. We need to learn to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We need to attack the works of darkness, praise God. Ignorance. We need to teach the Word of God because ignorance will send you to hell. The shield is important. The shield of faith. Both to protect you and to strike the adversary. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We must operate in scriptural faith. What I've said may not be traditional teaching. You may have never heard this type of message before. But it's scriptural. It's chapter and verse. Dear ones, we have to operate in a scriptural faith. Because if it's not scriptural faith, it's not faith at all. God bless you.